0: Welcome back to Cross and Hoop. My name is Han Kobe Sue. I'm your host and we're live from San Francisco, back at it again with more NBA playoffs basketball. Today we'll be making predictions about the NBA conference finals. We'll also be talking about who the best player in the playoffs has been. So without further ado, let's get started. First, let's talk about the Eastern Conference Finals, the series between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. This Wednesday, Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks play game one of the series. In Milwaukee, where the Hawks stole the game from the home team 116 to 113, and it was a crazy game. Uh, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks dropped 48 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists. John Collins had 23 points and 15 rebounds, and Clint Campella had 12 points, but had 19 rebounds. And this whole Atlanta team is just so confident, booming with confidence. Have just taken out the Knicks as the underdog and then taken out the 76ers, number one seed in the East, as the underdog in seven games. Meanwhile, the Bucks didn't play as well. Uh, Giannis played. Still played incredible um, coming off of his 40-point game in Game 7 against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, on Wednesday night, he dropped 34 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. And even his uh, his worst trade, the free throw line, he still shot 75% from the free throw line, 6 of 8. Chris uh, Drew Holiday was the second leading scorer of the Bucks. Had 33 points and 10 assists. Played well. Snapping out of uh, his last three-game performance against the Nets. But Middleton played horrible. Middleton only had 15 points. And he got that 15 points shooting 26% from the floor. And I think the biggest reason why the Hawks won. Is because there's two reasons. Number one, the Hawks out hustled the Bucks they out-rebounded the Bucks, and the Bucks are the number one leading rebounding team in the Eastern Conference. And they got out-rebounded by the Atlanta Hawks because of Collins 15 rebounds and Capella 19 rebounds leading the way. But Brooke Lopez, the starting center for the Atlanta, I mean for the Milwaukee Bucks, seven-foot center. Only had 2 rebounds. And I know Lopez is not known for being a big inside presence, guys. But you're a 7-footer. And when the other team starting power forward has 15 rebounds. And their starting center has 19 rebounds. And you only give them your team 2 rebounds. You're definitely going to lose the board and the inside battle. And the second reason is... Both teams shot horrible from the three-point line. Horrible. Hawks shot around 25%, and Bucks shot 22%. But the difference in the ball game is that even though Trey Young is a three-point shooter, and he's most known to be a three-point shooter, he shot terrible from the three in the fourth quarter. He he was actually zero for four. In the fourth quarter from the three-point line. One of seven from the field in the fourth quarter in game one. But the difference in the ball game is that despite his shooting goal despite his greatest strength taken away, he was able to get to the free throw line, which is slowly, the free throw line is slowly emerging as his second greatest, if not his greatest strength. And he, he had 12 free throws attempts the whole night. Ten of them came from the fourth quarter. He was just attacking the basket and getting to the basket or getting fouled. Forcing the other team to foul him. And the, he made one of seven shots. That one shot that he made, it was an M one. Got himself to the free throw line. Slowly becoming more like a hardened player and drawing fouls um, when teams shut him down. High IQ, he went 9 of 10 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. So, even though he didn't score uh, from the floor as much, he still got 10 points just from the free throw line. That was the difference in the ballgame. And then, yesterday, Friday night, uh, Hawks and Bucks play game two, in which the Bucks responded in their home court, destroying the Nets. I mean, not the Nets, the Hawks. The Bucks destroy the Hawks in their home court. Uh, ran them off the floor. 125 to 91 was the final score. And it was a complete opposite uh, performance for the Atlanta Hawks in terms of what they did in game two versus what they did in game one. In game one, Trey Young had 48 points and 11 assists. In game two, Trey Young had 15 points and 9 turnovers. In game One, Collins have 23 points and 15 rebounds. Capella have 12 points and 19 rebounds. In game two, Collins have 11 points. Capella only have two points. And both of them combined only have 16 rebounds, which is one more than what Collins had by himself in game one, and three less than what Capella had by himself in game one. So they were totally not rebounding. The same way they were rebounding in Game 1. And the Hawks shot terrible from 3-point line again. In Game 1, they shot 25%. In Game 2, they shot 25% again. Trey went 1 of 8 from the 3-point line. But the biggest reason why the Hawks lost is also the biggest reason why the Hawks won Game 1. The Hawks won Game 1 because Trey Young got to the line. The Hawks lost game two because all of their main players didn't get to the line. If you look at the Atlanta Hawks, the starting five, four of their players of the starting five did not get to the free throw line at all the entire game Kevin Herter, John Collins, Clint Capella, and uh, Badanovic. All four of those guys didn't even get to the free throw line. The only guy, the only starter that got in the free throw line was Trey Young. He only got there three times, made two of them. And the Buc- and the Hawks rely a lot on scoring from the free throw line, and that was the what, the biggest reason why they lost. But also, the reason why Bucks won that game was because their players bounced back in terms of intensity and hustle. Giannis played amazing again: twenty-five points, nine rebounds, six assists, two blocks. In only twenty nine minutes, dropped twenty five points and sixty one percent shooting from the floor, efficient, efficient, and got basically his sec- entire second half off, rest. Middleton still not dropping a lot of points, only dropped fifteen again, but has seven rebounds and eight assists, and his shooting is slightly better, forty six percent from the floor. He's still only shooting two of seven from the three point line. Which is only 28%. So he's 46% from the floor. 28% from a three-point line. When he's a career 50% from the floor. And 40% from the the three-point line type of guy. So he's still in his struggles. But it didn't matter. Because Giannis got help from Drew Holiday. Who had 22 points and 7 assists. Of 64% shooting from the floor. And... Uh, the Bucks really pulled away from the game. If you're watching the game. In the second quarter. Where they went on a 20-0 run. For in 5 minutes. In the 5 minute stretch. They went on a 20-0 run. That put them up by 30. By halftime. If I remember correctly. The score was like 77-45 in halftime. The Hawks were never able to get back from that run. And. The reason why they went on that run is because Bucks wanted the game more. If you go look at the hustle numbers, Bucks have 47 rebounds, Hawks only have 34. Bucks have 14 steals, Hawks only have 8. Bucks have 27 fast break points, Hawks only have 12. And Bucks have 24 second chance points, Hawks only have 11. And if you were watching the game, you would see plays where Hawks were just carelessly inbounding the ball. And Bucks got it off the, uh, the inbound and put it back. So they got, in a stretch of one possession, they got two possessions worth of scoring. That was the difference in the ball game. Now the series is tied 1-1. to And in terms of my series predictions that I want to make, I think going to the A in game three, to back to Atlanta, um, Hawks will probably win game three. Just because of how Atlanta is, Trey Young electrifying the crowd, and the inconsistency that Middleton is still undergoing, Hawks will probably win game three. But I think that's the last game Hawks will win. Because if you look at what happened in game one and game two, you can tell Milwaukee is the superior team in terms of talent, in terms of makeup. Giannis is the best player on the court. Giannis is doing things so efficiently, he's terrorizing them in the inside, and he is rebounding, and he's leading his team. But Trey Young has not been shooting the ball well. And when the Bucks' best player is better than the Hawks' best player. The only reason I can see how the Hawks can win another game besides tomorrow's game in Atlanta is if both Middleton and Holiday stinks it up again. But even then, you can see that Giannis has a history of winning even those type of games. For example, game seven against the Nets. Both Holiday and uh, Middleton played terrible. Giannis was still able to get the game out by himself. So predictions, Hawks will probably win game three tomorrow in Atlanta. But I got the Bucks in six, advancing to the finals. Second segment of the show, I want to talk about who the best player in the playoffs have been. Who is the best player up to this point in the 2021 NBA playoffs? Obviously, this playoffs has been riddled by injuries. Um, Max Kellerman has been saying, there's not a single series in this playoffs where on either team, one of the best player or the second best player is injured. And that really... Gives us a lot of what could have been, right? Because if you think about it, LeBron is hurt. AD is hurt. Draw and is hurt. Kawhi Leonard, who was playing amazing before he got hurt, is now out for the rest of the playoffs. Right? CP3 had COVID. Right? Couldn't play. Uh, had a bum shoulder. Didn't play as well. If you think, just if everyone was healthy, no one got COVID. All the way till the very end. How interesting would that have been? And the best player would probably be universally recognized as the best player. But that's not the case. Um, instead, you know, we also have teams where um, the best player on that team just didn't have enough help, so they stopped short, right? And we tend to belittle. That player because they stopped short of let's say of our expectations of them, let's say it's the first round, the second round, or the finals, right? Our expectation is you get to there. But because they their team didn't have enough help, we say, Well, I guess you're not that good. <laughs> Examples of that would be like Dame Lillard, right? Got uh, got kicked home in the first round. Jokic got kicked home in the second round. And obviously, there's no Steph Curry, right? One of the most entertaining one of the best players in the league. So the competition pool for this year's best player in the playoffs is really, really limited. But I think it's pretty safe to say that if you were to really force to pick one, right, right now, it'll be one of the five guys: Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, Paul George. Right, if LeBron was healthy, maybe it would have been LeBron. If Kawhi is still playing, maybe it would have been Kawhi. Right, if Jokic have a little bit more help, maybe Jokic would be in the conversation. If Steph Curry was in the playoffs, maybe it would have been Steph Curry in the conversation. But those are the five guys that are still here, those are the five guys that play so impressively that out out of all the guys remaining, they stand out so those are the five guys I'm gonna pick one out of and the guy I'm gonna pick out of all five of those guys that I think is the best player in the playoffs so far Giannis Antetokounmpo I know it's surprising everyone's like bro did you not see what KD did against the Bucks Right, played the greatest game of his career 49 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists, triple double, and then 48 points in game seven. Sent the game to overtime, could have won it if his toe wasn't on the line. Did you not see what Trey Young is doing? Took out the Knicks, took out the Sixers, stole game one from the Bucks. Are you not seeing what PG's doing? Beat the best team in the league, Utah Jazz, without Kawhi Leonard. Um, And then just stole one game from the hottest team uh, in the league uh, in Phoenix Suns. And obviously Booker, who is scoring uh, a 40-point triple-double in game one against the Clippers without CP3. Giannis? What are you talking about? But here's the thing about Giannis. That because he plays in Milwaukee because he is playing in the East, where everyone just kind of assumed that broken Nets would just sweep through because of the talent they have that everyone is overlooking Giannis and the Bucks, no one has championship expectation for Giannis and the Bucks and that's why what he did this playoffs is getting unnoticed and Let me tell you what he did this playoffs. It's actually historical. Giannis Antezokounmpo, who has played 12 games, 13 games now, 13 games this playoffs, is averaging 29 points, 13 rebounds, 5.5 assists, 1 steals and 1 blocks. If you had to put this into perspective, <clears throat> prime Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant player ever, in his absolute peak in the 1999-2000 playoffs, where it was the start of his 3-peak, that prime Shaquille O'Neal averaged 13 points and 15 rebounds. Giannis, in his sixth playoff, is averaging 29 points 13 rebounds. He's just a little bit worse than prime Shaquille O'Neal. And he's not even in his prime yet. This guy is shooting, uh, taking his career-hype number of few goal attempts. 22 shots per game. That's four more than last year where he did not have a Drew Holiday on his team where he has to share the ball with. He's... So he got Drew Holiday this year And he's sharing the ball with Drew Holiday But he's still He's even more aggressive on the offense He's taking more shots And the difference Why that's significant is because The teams are still Building the same strategy Guarding Giannis in the playoffs Where you just build a wall around the paint and Don't let Giannis get in And Giannis, now he has Two players he can defer to To quote-unquote, you know, run away from his responsibility. He's not even doing that. He's even being more aggressive despite having another option. He's taking more shots. He's In the way, he's carrying Middleton and Holiday on his back. That's different than what he was doing last year when he got kicked by the Miami Heat. And as great as Kevin Durant has been, as great as Trey Young and Paul George and Booker has been, you can point to bad games that they have had. KD had a couple of bad games in that series against the Bucks, where they were up 2-0 and then all of a sudden, Bucks won two straight games, 2-2. The series tied 2-2 and the lot is because of Kevin Durant's performance. Booker had tons of not so great games and I will detail them later. Um, a PG, obviously, we know what PG is. Um, there are nights where you play amazing. There are nights where you play terrible. And Trey, he's still a rising star. There are nights where he didn't play so well. Giannis is probably the only guy at this playoffs where you look at his numbers and you say, he did not have a single bad game. You can legitimately say that. Last night, the win he had against the Hawks is the only game this playoffs where he had under double-digit rebounds (laughs) with nine rebounds. So he basically have double-digit rebounds every single game. He's averaging 13 a game, this playoffs. There was only two games this whole playoff series, this whole playoff run, where he had scored under 20 points. The first one was game three against Miami Heat, where they were just blowing the heat out. He had 17 points, 17 rebounds. <laughs> 17 points and 17 rebounds. And game two loss against the Nets. That one you can probably say if you really want to force it, he had 18 points and 11 rebounds. You can probably call that a bad game. The only bad game he has this whole playoff run and it the only bad game he had was 18 and 11. So <laughs> but talking about that game against the Nets, if you were to look at that series that Giannis played against the Nets, he was just legendary, and people got overlooked because Kevin Durant was in the series, and Kevin Durant's game is flashier, Uh, better handles, Kyrie Irwin's game is flashier, better shot making, Harden, but Giannis was the best player in that series. Look it up. I dare you to look it up, because that series he averaged thirty-four points, eleven rebounds, two two blocks. Okay, in game one, he had thirty-four points, eleven rebounds, and two blocks, in a loss. Okay, in and then game two, the one game, the one back in quote unquote, he had eighteen points and eleven rebounds. Okay, game three. 33 points, 12 rebounds. Game four, 34 points, 12 rebounds. Game five, 34 points, 12 rebounds, one steals two blocks in a loss. (laughs) Then game six and seven, with the season on the line, two elimination games, he had 30 points and 17 rebounds in game six, outplaying Kevin Durant. And then in game seven, he had 40 points, 13 rebounds, five assists in the game seven against Kevin Durant now and he beat Kevin Durant the difference in the ball game was Kevin Durant missed a game winner in overtime and Giannis made a game winner in overtime that was the difference in the ballgame and you could say well KD didn't have any help in game seven Giannis didn't have much help either Milton was 9 of 26 from the floor Holiday was even worse, 5 of 23 from the floor. And Giannis, despite of that, took his team to the victory. Kevin Durant did it. So he outplayed Giannis. I mean, he outplayed KD in Game 7 and in the series. Giannis, against many people who many people think uh, KD is the best player in the world, outplayed him. In the playoffs. And we should put things into perspective. Kevin Durant. Okay. Many people are saying he's the best player right now. But let's think about it in perspective. Because Giannis right now is in his sixth playoff run. Okay. This is a sixth playoff run. Let's look at what Kevin Durant was in his sixth playoff run. Okay. Kevin Durant in the sixth playoff run was a 2015-2016 season where he had Russell Westbrook, where he had Serge Ibaka and Steven Adams. They finished third in the West, which is what Milwaukee finished in the East. Third in the East. Okay, That was the season where they went all the way to the Western Conference Final, had Golden State up 3-1 and choked it. It's that season. In that playoff run, Kevin Durant, who many players believe right now is the best player in the world, around the same age as Giannis, was averaging 28 points, seven rebounds, three assists, 43% shooting, and 23, 28% from the three point line. I'm just throwing it out there 28% from the, uh, the three point line. Giannis, with a similar age, similar playoff experience and a similar level of success regarding his team is averaging 29 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 54% shooting. At the same age, Giannis is better than Kevin Durant and right now head-to-head, Giannis just beat Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is not the best player in the playoffs. Giannis is and if you have to make a case, Who is the best player in the world right now? It'll be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, on to segment three. We'll be talking about who is the best rising stars in this year's playoffs. As we know, all of our favorite players growing up in in this generation, they're all aging. And maybe within the next five years, all of them will be retiring. Talking about the LeBron James of the world, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Steph Curry, James Harden. All these guys, they might be leaving the game very soon. And... It is a good thing that the league is filled with young talent to fill their shoes, and there are a lot of great players in the league. And this year in the playoffs, many rose to the occasion to show what they're made out of. Talking about Donovan Mitchell, a killer and assassin of a scorer for the Utah Jazz. Stephen A. Smith called him the best player in jazz history. <laughs> Talking about Devin Booker, great scorer. Um, many people are already calling him a superstar. Um, the next Kobe Bryant <laughs> for the Phoenix Suns. Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the league, uh, walking triple-double, seven-footer with a jump shot, and one of the best passer in all of basketball as a center. Luka Dantich, Luka Magic, Baby Bird, um, White LeBron, <laughs> White Harden, a superstar already only in his third year. Ja Morant plays just like Russell Westbrook with Derrick Rose' quickness and ability to be fearless, to challenge anyone at the rim, even Rudy Gobert. Julius Randle, most improved player, leading the New York Knicks. Trey Young, you know, Steph Curry, personified, shooting anywhere, walking double-double, heart and soul of the Atlanta Hawks team. Jason Tatum, one of the best player in the NBA right now, walking 40-point, walking 50-point. Six foot ten with a jump shot, unstoppable handle, so much young talent. But it seems very, very clear now that there are only maybe two of those young stars are remaining now in the conference finals. And mo- most people believe that they are the best rising stars because they're still remaining right now. Devin Booker, Trey Young. And of course, Terrence Mann for LA Clippers are playing amazing, but he's nowhere on those guys' level. But if you were to ask me who I think is the best rising star, which young star has shown and proved himself to be the best out of the next generation of ballers this playoffs, the answer is Luka Doncic. Even though he had a first-round exit, even though this is the second year consecutively that he had a first-round exit against the same team, I think Luka Dantich played so well in the BR seven games he had this year that he is not only already a superstar entering the playoffs, he entering next season... Based on his performance, this playoffs, legitimately has a chance to be the best player in the world. And I know many people are going to hold his first round exits against him. You know, Booker is in the conference final. Trey is in the conference final. How can you say someone who had a first round exit is better than those two who are playing pretty well? Well, you have to look at things in context. Right, Mitchell play on the best team in the league record-wise in the Utah Jazz, filled with scores everywhere you look. Trey, the Atlanta Hawks. I know everyone um, is n- counting them out every series they have played so well uh, so far. They are the underdogs for every single series they have played. But if you look carefully and deeply at that team, that team is filled with young talent. I mean, Trey Young is not carrying a bunch of bums. He has John Collins, who is going to make max money this year. He's got Clint Capella. He's got Badonavich. He's got uh, Kevin Herter, right? He still has, even, even on his injury release, he still has some good player. Cam Reddish, right? He's hurt, not playing, but he's a great player. He still have a uh, Downing Rowley right? Uh who is a great shooter, stretch four, um, can open up the floor f- for him. So the Hawks it's it's not an accident that they are in the Eastern Conference final. It's not just all Trey Young. Trey Young is their leader, their best player, but the Hawks is a great team. And the Phoenix Suns of course is one of the best teams in the league. And the hottest team in the league right now in the playoffs. Right? And Booker is not even the best player on the Phoenix Suns (laughs) right that team is so good that Devin Booker is not the best player in the Phoenix Suns Chris Paul is Chris Paul is a superstar and you still have DeAndre Ayton who on multiple occasions are not just the third option but the first option the second option the best player or the second best player many many games this playoffs right you still have three-point shooter and defensive players like Cameron Johnson and McHale Bridges. You have a mini Chris Paul in uh, Cameron Payne. You have a 3ND championship veteran guy in Jay Crowder. So this team is loaded. And you have head coach of the year, in, uh candidate in Monty Williams. So... Take these things in context, and then you look at Luka Doncic's team. I mean, Luka Doncic's team, the second best player was Tim Hardaway Jr. (laughs) So, I think we can give Luka a break for his first round exit. Now, let's look at these three players very carefully, and, and I'll explain why I think Luka is the best out of the three. Booker, and Trey, and Luka. Let's first look at Trey Young. Trey from the from his rookie season, just looking through what he's been able to do for the Hawks, all those logo threes. I've been already feeling like he, he will be the next Steph Curry. Just didn't think he will arrive this fast. I mean, Trey is playing amazing this playoffs. First playoff appearance, he's already the villain. He's already the guy that everyone is booing, fans are spitting on him because of the hatred they have towards him, killing the Knicks, killing the Sixers, and he plays amazing on the road, Um, and he is scoring big buckets, Um, he hasn't shot from the three exactly that well, even though the three point line is his greatest weapon, but his ability to go to the line and exploit defenses and the rules which I don't exactly love um, and his ability to hit those floaters and when, when defense close in on him his ability to lob to John Collins and Clint Capella and find the open shooters it's amazing um, however as well as Trey Young has played And carrying his underdog team all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, Beating two favorites in back-to-back series uh, There are still games where you can point to him and say he didn't play exactly that well Um, And there are still games where they won where you say his team is really, really good John Collins is really, really good Clint capella is really really good but donovich is really really good um not to discredit or take any day away from Trey. right anyone who drops 48 points and 11 assists and account for 73 points of the total team's point in the eastern conference final the only player in nba history to do that is no scrub but there are moments where he was shut down by the team's defenses for example Game 2 against Milwaukee Only had 15 points And 9 turnovers And only got to the free throw line 3 times But he's a great player I would say he's probably the second best Player um, Rising stars in these playoffs Now Devin Booker I hate to do this Because I know People are to twist my words and say I am a Devin Booker hater. I don't hate Booker. I don't even dislike him. I think he's a good player. I think he's an all-star in the NBA. But when we have a set of people that almost kind of worship Devin Booker religiously, And when we have these players that overlook his flaws, the flaws in his game and start calling things like the next Kobe Bryant superstar, top 20 to 25 players in the NBA. When we say sacrilegious and blasphemous things like that, I have to address it out of my love for the game and my love for objectivity. Devin Booker is not a superstar, is not a top 20 or top 25 player in the league, is definitely not a Kobe-esque player, and not even the best player under 25 in the NBA. He's not even the best player on his team, Chris Paul is. If you look hard and careful at Devin Booker this playoffs, his first playoff appearance, 13, 14 games in, you will see that he really only had two good games. Game six, closeout games against the LA Lakers where he had 47 points and 11 rebounds. That's a great game, I'll give it to him. And game one against Clippers without Chris Paul where you had a triple-double, 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. That's also an amazing game. But if you look hard at the numbers for the rest of the playoffs, outside of those two games, Chris Paul has been the best player in every single game he played with Devin Booker. And I can point to at least five games six games where Devin Booker not only is the second best player but was the third best player or fourth best player even in occasions and for example you look at game three against the Lakers in round one where Booker only had 19 points and four turnovers shot 32 percent from the floor only one of four from the three-point line. That was the game where after winning game one, everyone was like, oh, well, Suns in five. And then in back-to-back games, game Game two and game three, Booker did not play well, and Lakers went two to one on the Suns. Going back to Staples for game four, would have won that game if Anthony Davis did not get injured because the Suns only won by eight. In Game Four, and then you look at um, Game uh, Game um, Look at Game Two and Three, for against in the series against the Nuggets. Actually, the whole Denver set series, Chris Paul was the best player in the Phoenix Suns by far, at least two levels above. Devin Booker, if you look hard, and you will watch those games. Because Chris Paul was so dominant that series, in the mid-range, was so efficient passing the ball, was so careful of the basketball, he only had, he had 29 assists in those four games, and only five turnovers. 29 to five, that's a six to one ratio. And you know what? Devin Booker, just in game two against the Clippers, had eight turnovers. He had almost double the number of turnovers in one game that Chris Paul had in the whole series. And then the most unforgivable thing, the thing that were the thing that happened this year in the playoffs were that made me when people say Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant made me disgusted in the stomach against the LA Clippers for three straight games. Three straight, okay? If you are a superstar, yes, you can have a bad night, but it's very rare for someone to be called a superstar and have back-to-back bad nights. It happens, but it's rare. But for you to have three horrible nights in a row, you are not a superstar. In Game 2 against the Clippers, Booker went 20.31% shooting and had 8 turnovers. He was carried by Karen Payne and DeAndre Ayton and Paul George missing 2 free throws. Carried. In... Game three against the Clippers where they lost by 14. Booker had 15 points and four turnovers. He shot 24% from the field and one of seven from the three point line. And people are gonna say, well that's the game he broke his nose, give him a break. No, because he shot five of 21 from the field and before he broke his nose, his nose, he was four of 14 from the field. Terrible! Got shut down by Patrick Beverly. okay? I saw in the same quarter, third quarter, Patrick Beverly locked him down twice. The first time barely uh, allowed him to get past half court before he threw a turnover. The second time blocked his shot in the mid-range. And just tonight, game four, where the Clippers, ex- uh, where the Suns escaped with a one-point win was again terrible terrible game 25 points that was pretty you would think oh 25 points how can you say it's terrible look at the field goal percentage okay zero of five from the three point line zero assists five turnovers fouled out okay got into it with PG See, player maturity got into it with PG and got a technical foul and would have costed his team the game if the reps did not make some questionable calls, very many questionable calls in that last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Chris Paul had to close a deal with him for him, making all those clutch free throws and scoring what I remember to be the first. Only few goals that the Suns made in the entire fourth quarter. When you call someone Kobe Bryant, you have to take into account that at age 24, which is what Booker is right now, at age 24, Kobe Bryant was averaging 32 points for the whole playoffs. Kobe Bryant had three rings. (laughs) <laughs> so let's not say Blasphemous things On a very Young player A good player Still has the potential to be a great player I would not write him out In all likelihood The Suns might be making the finals this year And he still has a chance To prove himself to maybe be the best player On the Suns He's a, He has a great Jump shot in the mid range. He's not a good three point shooter. Look at the numbers. I'm not making it up. He's not a great three point shooter. And he is not a great defender. He is not a great leader. Emotionally, his maturity is not there. But he has talent. He did drop 70 points in the game. He did lead the Suns to go A and O in the bubble with a game-winner against the Clippers on Kawhi and PG. There are moments where the words that Kobe Bryant spoke to him come true, be legendary. But let's calm down and really think about... reflect and pause before calling someone the next Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Enough of Devin Booker. Let's talk about why I think Luka Advantage is by far the best rising stars in these playoffs Luka Doncic is 22 years old and he is so good at basketball it is unbelievable this year he in the first family series As the fifth seed, he's playing perhaps the most complete team when healthy in the entire playoffs. Los Angeles Clippers. I know, I know it was a first round exit, but you have to think about what Luka Doncic did to perhaps the best team in the playoffs when healthy. He, in the whole playoffs... Luka Doncic was averaging 35 points per game, 36 points per game, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists. He shot 49% from the field and 41% from the three-point line. 41%! He's not even a good three-point shooter. Okay, He's usually in the 35-34 range. Where you look at Booker and you say he yeah, had two great games that I just pointed out 47-11 against the Lakers and 40-13-11 triple-double against the Clippers Look at Dante chat them in their sleep There's at least four games um, in his seven-game series against the Clippers Where you said, wow, that is like Devin Booker, what Devin Booker did for two times Okay with Tim Hardaway Jr. as the second best player he took the best perimeter defense in all of basketball to seven games in which he has stats line, stat lines of 31-10-11, 39-7-7, 44 9, 9, 42 42-8-14, 29-8-11, Forty-six, seven, and fourteen in Game Seven. I mean, damn! <laughs> if you watch the games, there are there are moments where you just like, is there anyone in the NBA better than this kid? I mean, just look at Skip Bayless' timeline. He, he Skip his tweets um, when he watches games and he's rooting for the Clippers. you look at his timeline, back in May, when these series are playing, all he was tweeting is, is Luka Doncic ever going to miss a three? Because he wasn't missing. I mean, (laughs) Luka is so good. He'd be having 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists by halftime against the best perimeter defense in basketball. And you want to say how lethal a scorer Devin Booker is? He's getting shut down by Patrick Beverly right now. And you know what Luka Dantic did to Patrick Beverly? You know what Luka Dantic did to that defense? Clippers, the best perimeter defense in all of basketball, had to throw eight players, eight different players, to try to even contain Luka. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Nicholas Batum, Patrick Beverly, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, even Zubac in location, Marcus Morris Sr. Anyone, threw the whole rotation in to try anyone that can stop Luka and no one could because he averaged 36 points. <laughs> he is so good, he terrorized the defense so much that it took Kawhi Leonard playing the best basketball of his entire life and we know Kawhi Leonard is one of the top five players in the league it took Kawhi Leonard playing the best basketball of his entire life to even try to neutralize what Luka was doing it took two all-stars Paul George and Kawhi to finally overcome Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr That's how insane Luka Doncic was. Trey is an amazing player. He has the better team. A more well-balanced team. A more deeper team. Booker is a good player. He has another superstar on his team. Luka Doncic with Tim Haraway Jr. as the second best player. Took the best team in the entire playoffs to seven games, and had them on the ropes, was up, and had 30 points by halftime, was gonna win the game until his uh, supporting cast decided to miss threes. That's how good Luka Dantic is. He's by far the best player, young player in the NBA, and next year might be the best player in the NBA. Okay, on to the last segment of the night, predictions for the Clippers-Suns Western Conference Final Series. Obviously Clippers do not have Kawhi Leonard, and the Suns um, did not have Chris Paul for two games, game one and game two. is not coming back for the rest of the season in all likelihood with his ACL injury. In game one on Sunday, The Suns beat the Clippers with, obviously, uh, the game that I highlighted from Booker. Triple-double, 40 40 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. The best game of his entire career. It was a great game. Um, Paul George played great. He still had 34 points. Jackson Jackson is something else. Reggie Jackson had 24 points. Uh, Marcus Morris was supposed to be their dirt breast player uh, with Kawhi gone, did not play good at all, shot 3 of 11 from the floor and 0 of 5 from the 3 point line, Tyloo called it a few out game because the Clippers just went 6 games without uh, Kawhi Leonard in the last 2 against uh, the Jazz, the best team in the league record wise in the regular season. They're tired. The Suns had 11 days of rest. So, Tai Lu said a few out game, and Tai Lu is uh, emerging as one of the better coaches in the league. Everyone said he was carried by LeBron, but right now, in terms of playoffs adjustments and pushing the right buttons, he's one of the best. So, it's believable when he says it's, it was just a few out game, because his stars are tired, his entire roster is tired, while the Suns are fresh. And energetic and hungry because they smell blood they see the opportunity to make their first ever finals appearance or not the first ever finals appearance to win their first ever championship this might be the year game two um, a much closer game all four games have been close so far um, besides game three where the Clippers won pretty handily Um, But game two, Suns won by one. And it was not because of Devin Booker. Again, Devin Booker had 20 points that game, but was, had eight turnovers. Shot so bad from the floor that in the last play where um, De'Andre Ayton made the game-winning dunk, He was a decoy He wasn't even the first option That was Cameron Johnson looping around to the corner Catch and shoot three He wasn't even the second option Because he was the decoy setting a screen for DeAndre Ayton That's how bad he was Ayton obviously played so great 24 points, 14 rebounds, 80% shooting Cameron Payne played like he was Chris Paul 29 points, 9 assists Cameron Johnson couldn't miss, and that's why he was the first option in that game-winning play. But Monty Williams drew up a genius play. Jay Crowder, great pass, De'Andre, and knew the rules. Goaltending is not a thing when you lob a pass inbounding. And Paul George those last two free throws, clanked both of them. May one, they would have won the game Or may one of them would have sent it to overtime May two of them would have won the game As simple as that Game 3 Clippers won pretty handily 106-92 to by 14 Ayton still play a great game Had 18 points, 9 rebounds And 2 blocks Bridges and Johnson and Crowder Still chipped in what they chipped in 13 points, t- uh, Johnson at 12, Crowley had three threes. Uh, perhaps the three biggest reason why the Suns won was, or the two biggest reason why, uh, the three biggest reason why the Clippers won is number one Cameron Payne was injured, only had two points when he exited. Number two, Chris Paul first came back from COVID restriction. Look, obviously tired. Only had 15 points but still have 12 assists and only two turnovers. Okay, still had a six to one ratio. And Devin Booker, back to back back games, 15 points, shot 24% from the floor, one of seven from the three-point line. This is this guy is supposed to be a deadly shooter. Have four turnovers. Was locked down by Patrick Beverly. Okay, meanwhile, the Clippers, Paul George had 27 points, 15 rebounds, and 8 assists. Reggie Jackson is playing like he is possessed, 23 points. And Patrick Beverly only had 8 points, but guarded Devin Booker, locked him down the whole game, and had a big three and a game winner, Patrick Beverly. I never thought I would say this. And then tonight... I I genuinely feel bad for the Clippers, um, even though I hate the Clippers. Yes, any of my friends, they know. Uh, they they got robbed. Let's be honest. Okay, if you were looking at the game, you're looking at the officiating. Clippers got robbed. So many plays where the refs could have reviewed it, did not review it. The inconsistency. It's amazing. But. Paul George just still missed that late game free throw that he should have made, that could have got the game closer. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins played like J.R. Smith with that last minute attempt uh, free throw miss, hit it right off the backboard, instead of knowing that you have to at least hit, hit the rim for a free throw. And Devin Booker played terrible terrible 25 points but with a terrible few goal percentage all five from the three-point line five turnovers zero assists and five turnovers and six fouls fouled out technical foul um both teams could not buy a single bucket in the fourth quarter i swear the only few goal i remember was that chris paul layup that got the Suns up three. And the rest were making a bunch of BS calls for Devin Booker, um, putting him on the free throw line. That's how uh, the Suns pulled away. Looking at this series, Clippers could have won game one, game two, and game four. Cause game one, they lost by six. Game two, they lost by one. And game four, they lost by three or four. They lost by four. If Chris Paul has not closed the deal, shut the door of his free throws, and that layup, Clippers might have won it. Clippers had a thousand chances to take the lead in the fourth quarter in that game four. No one watching this series would say the Suns are the better team. In fact, Clippers in many stretches looked like they were the superior team. In game four, and by halftime they were down 16 points and then they ran on a 30 to 13 run in the third quarter. Clippers are a very, very resilient team. I, I never thought I would say this, knowing what they did in the bubble last year, but it seems like it's just not their year. If they had Kawhi Leonard, Okay, let's be let's be honest now if they had Kawhi Leonard Looking at how close these games are and then you add 33 points and nine rebounds for the Clippers I think the Clippers would be the team up 3-1 right now Which I don't I don't know if that's a good thing for the Clippers, but In all likelihood knowing that the Suns are up 3-1 even though Ty Lue is the coach who is able to coach comebacks, right? coming back from 3-1 for the uh, 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers but this is different because LeBron was on that team and now you have Paul George and LeBron and Paul George are in two different levels so in all likelihood the Suns will be making the first playoffs uh, the first finals appearance in what is it 25 years since Charles Barkley played against Michael Jordan in those uh I think it was 93 or 94 finals but Devin Booker need to play way better than he's playing right now to be what people claim he is to be because in all likelihood Chris Paul Is still struggling from the floor. um, And they will need him to play big. I'm not suggesting that they might choke a 3-1 lead. I don't think that's going to happen. Because you have Chris Paul running the floor. But if Booker's continue to struggle. Like he does. And the games are this close. Clippers just might have the chance. Alright. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And...